Welcome to the podcast, A Girl's Guide to a Fucking Good Life, where we discuss everything from life hacks down to the nitty gritty of what you can do to start living the life you want now. Most of you know me as Rebecca Kelly, owner of the free motivational community, Ladies Living Life Beyond Limits, filled with thousands of motivating and inspiring women. Outside of the group, I run coaching company Ladies HQ, where I empower women everywhere to live the kick-ass life they deserve through my coaching, events, programs, and courses. Let's get into it. Welcome, lovely ladies, to this week's podcast episode. I am so excited to have you here. And as promised, we did say we would be recording the segments from our live show, Cocktail Conversations and Comedy. We have certainly held up our deal of the bargain and we even got a professional sound tech in to do these recordings. However, since this was our first event of the kind and we are learning and we had 120 amazing ladies show up for the event the audio is unfortunately less than perfect. However, you guys know that my mantra is progress over perfection. So I am putting these recordings onto the podcast because Miss Samia's nuggets of gold are way more important than the audio quality. She talks about terminal cancer, giving less fucks and making sure happiness is your fucking priority. I hope you are still able to take out some important pieces of wisdom in this episode and I apologize for the quality but I promise it is worth it. It's an absolute honor to have you here because I think that you are honestly one of the most inspiring women. Clearly you are a comedian. Yes. And you are very funny. Thank you. But we're here to have a conversation about some real talk tonight. Yes. And I want to know how you got to this point. So obviously you're a teacher and you're a comedian. So can you tell us a little bit about a journey about how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I do make a lot of comedy out of, like, I suppose my ethnic background. But I am from Bangladesh and I have been raised in a very strict Muslim ethnic, like, I suppose, upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I think growing up, I've always been a little bit of a black sheep. And I always felt like it was not necessarily rebellion, but it was like, we moved to Australia when we were eight years old, but still held very traditional values. So growing up, I was never really allowed to have boyfriends or, you know, do the things that all my white friends were able to do, but I always felt quite stifled. But in my like school and class and like I suppose social situations, I was always like the clown, yeah. and I always was the storyteller. So I found I suppose a voice through making people laugh, where I was able to say whatever the fuck I really wanted to say, you know, and have people appreciate it. And then obviously, kind of make I suppose the cultural conflict a little bit of a parody. So even though it's a little bit transgressive, it's also, there's a lot of truth to it. So it highlights, I suppose, the oppression, but in sort of a fun and lighthearted way. And I think comedy allowed me to do that. And I was very lucky because, I mean, luck, I suppose, or 
not lucky, I'm not sure, but, you know, to be a female, a woman of colour and, you know, I suppose a comedian in the industry that is predominantly white males, I A, had to prove myself a lot more in like the line, but B, I also was different. So allowing that voice and to have that platform, it really has just been actually therapy for me. So that's how I got into comedy. And I think the first time I decided to go on stage was the day that my mum actually got diagnosed with terminal cancer. It wasn't the day, but it was probably about the week and I was just in such a dark and horrific place. And I remember just going, you know what, life is so fucking short and time is so limited. And I think we always have we always have this thing in our head that we think that we've got forever to do all the things that we want to do. And comedy was something for me where Growing up, I would be listening to Russell Peters and Dave Chappelle on my iPod instead of listening to music, and I always wanted to do it. But being faced with my mum and her sort of time limit, I knew that if I was ever to do it, that's the, like, now's the time because I don't have whatever. And that was actually the week that I first went up and did my first competition, which was only three years ago. Obviously, we are in a group full of wonderful, beautiful women. Ovarian cancer, as I said, it's a very, very deadly silent killer. My mum was diagnosed at its terminal stages with absolutely almost zero symptoms. Many, many times she was turned down by the doctors because it was mistaken for IBS, because really all you see or feel or get is um, sort of like a bloated tummy. So if there are any issues where that feels like it's recurring, please make sure you persist with your GP because you just need to know. It's a silent killer. Over 1,500 women get diagnosed at a stage in Australia alone, so it's too late by the time it's, it's done. It's just one of those cancers that really don't have enough funding either, so I think it's really important to ask about. Yeah, thank you so much for touching on that, and obviously thank you all for donating because, yeah, it's really important that we spread that message, so thank you. I want to ask what well, one experience you are most grateful for in your life so far because I know you have had some medical conditions happening for yourself and you have been through some near-death experiences. You can go listen to the podcast if you want a more detailed <laughs> review of that. But what are you most grateful for? Well, I mean, I'll first touch on what would be one of my most life-changing experiences and it would be what we have discussed on the podcast. So um, only two years ago now, I was diagnosed with idiopathic anaphylaxis. So basically what that means is prior to me, before this event, I never had a single allergy in my life. And then in September 2020, and I had actually had an experience where I got into the other realm. And it was a very heavy, very traumatic. And it was really quite recent, really. Yeah, three years ago now. And, you know, for a long time, I kind of held onto that trauma. I was very angry with it. I was quite resentful and I was quite depressed because I had to go through so much to kind of come back to it. Um, and unfortunately, this is a recurring issue for me. So since then, I've had a couple of other critical incidences where I've been hospitalised and I've not been able to identify what my allergens are. It could be whatever I'm eating tonight. The next day, I could eat the same thing and I could go straight into anaphylaxis and I have two epipens in my bag. And it's not just two epipens. I need emergency ambulance within five to ten minutes or whatever die, right? The thing is, is for me, for a long time, I struggled with that. But I think now I've come to a place in my life where honestly I am just so fucking detached and chill with everything. Like nothing gets to me. Like I'm not stressed about someone shitting me off at work. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like I want this bubble of just my zone where I just want to love, be happy, do the things that I want, enjoy my time with the people that are good to me. I really read a lot into energy, but you know, I'm big on that and I don't know whether or not going into the other realm and 
coming back, it opened up a lot of my senses and my chakras and my third eye. You know, I know that can sound a bit loopy, but I know what I know, and I know what I see, and I know what I feel, and I know that life doesn't begin and end here, right? So I'm quite detached, and it's also brought a lot of peace in my relationship with my mum. So when she passes, I'm not not that, you know, it's our, it's our worst fear, obviously, but I know that life doesn't end here. But I know damn well that when I was dying, and I still remember very well and very clearly when I was in the ambulance and just literally losing my life. You do have the flashbacks and you do have the fuck, like the fear and the trauma and the fright because you don't know what's happening. But what I can tell you is the only thing I regretted, it wasn't what job I was doing or how many friends I had on social media or what, you know, what guy I didn't, you know, get to phone or whatever. What, what I did regret was the amount of years I spent depressed or the things that I could have changed in my life. Because I could have just chosen to be happy and happiness really is a choice. And that is what you eat, what you feed yourself, the people you're around, the energy that you allow into your home and the life that you live. And every fucking day is a choice to be happy and present no matter what is going on in your life. Our time is very limited and we're not entitled to anything. We're all very entitled in this society where we think that we need to grow old. We need, people need to do this for us. Work needs to be like us. Nobody owes us shit. Nobody. We have one final bit of wisdom or advice that you want to offer these ladies. You know, it took me a long time to really, really realise that, you know, I tried years of therapy. I tried, you know, there was so much trauma in not only my health issues, but obviously my mom and dealing with seeing her fall apart with cancer and all of the stuff that I've had to overcome. But I honestly realised that the only thing that you really need to build on and love and continuously love is yourself and the only person that can get you out of this, you know, life is fucking hard. It really is. But the only person that can save yourself is you. So if you don't start building on yourself, no guy, no relationship, no job, no exterior, no amount of money, no amount of friends is ever going to, you know, help. And we are so lucky with our resources and our lifestyle and everything that we have here. You know, I came from Bangladesh. I come from a very poor family and I always do realise that I always do think that people need perspective in their life. And we have, like I said, you've got the choice every single fucking day. Just choose to be happy. And you know what? Live in a bubble, man. Don't let people in that is just not good for you. Just stop yourself and go, mm, not today, not now, not ever. I love myself. I love my life. I love my family. I love my friends. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for spending a school night with all of us. Um, Samia on Facebook. Samia one on Instagram and Samia Okay, if you made it to the end of this episode, you are a fucking saint. I hope you were able to enjoy some of the amazing takeaways and content that Miss Samia shared as a part of our live show. And if you never want to risk having shitty audio quality again, make sure you check out the show notes for all of our events and hopefully you can come along to our next cocktail combos and live comedy event soon.
that brings us to the end of this episode. You can find anything we mentioned in the show notes below or for more details and a full transcript, you can visit www.ladieshq.com.au slash podcast. And don't forget to drop into our amazing Facebook community, Ladies Living Life Beyond Limits. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.